Hello, Sarah. Hi, Kim. How you doing? I'm well. It's so such nice weather out there, and I'm getting to see you, and I haven't seen you in weeks, I think. I know. I feel like we hunkered down through the dreary March weather, and now we're like busting back out for the beautiful spring that's been coming this week. Yes, yes. And we're busting back out with a great special guest. Yay! Would you like to introduce our special guest? Sure. We are so thrilled to have Trisha Howell, the program coordinator at C4K here to talk to us today. If you're not familiar with C4K, it is a nonprofit organization that has been serving the Charlottesville community for 20 years. And I'm going to let Trisha tell you a little more about C4K. But before we get there, Trisha, can you tell us a little bit about you? Introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. So uh, I want to say what a pleasure it is to be on this podcast. I adore you all and your work. And it is just, I'm honored to be uh, joining you. So thank you for the invitation and always, always happy to, and, and more than, you know, thrilled to talk about C4K and what we do. So thanks for this opportunity. So Trisha Howell, and like you said, I'm the program coordinator at C4K. I've been with C4K for just over six years now, and it's my most favorite job I've ever had. I'm a Charlottesville transplant. I, you know, originally from Florida and and found my way here a little bit of, you know, roundabout way through Haiti and Guatemala (laughs) and onto, (laughs) onto Charlottesville. And okay. 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 Wait, let's pause. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's rewind Haiti and Guatemala. Yeah. So I I moved to to Haiti uh, originally to work on starting a a STEM program at a, with an organization there, a nonprofit. And it was my first, I was a classroom teacher and then made my way there through some contacts with the University of Florida and spent about a year and a half there. And then, you know, life in Haiti is hard and it's uh, especially hard for the folks who live there. And I'm, you know, could leave because I, you know, enjoy this privilege in life being an American. And so anyway, I I worked there for a year and a half and then moved on to work as a volunteer coordinator at an organization in uh, Guatemala that's education, focuses on education and health. And I'm on their board now. I should mention Mission Guatemala. They're pretty, pretty fantastic if anyone gets a chance to check them out. But yeah, worked in, in Guatemala for about a year as a volunteer coordinator and then met my husband in Haiti. He was not my husband at the time. He was a very nice gentleman that worked for <laughs> this other cool organization. Uh, and so uh, he and I continued to chat after I left Haiti and, and then decided we wanted to live in the same same country together. So came uh, came to Charlottesville where he was living or, and lives currently. <laughs> and so then he eventually became my husband. And now, you know, we have this beautiful, a beautiful baby together. And, uh, but I found C4K on my way here. And as I was looking for a, a place to land in Charlottesville and the position brought together my skills in education and my skills managing volunteers, and I couldn't believe that this job existed and, and still pinch myself every day that I get to do it for work. So yeah, I, I could talk a lot about Haiti, Guatemala, if you guys ever want to go down that road. <laughs> um, we do. Yeah. Always. Um, <laughs> but you've, you've mentioned C4K and it sounds like you really, really love this job. So what I is do. C4K and what, what is your job like? Yeah. So uh, C4K is uh, we're a nonprofit and we work with students who are in grades six through 12. Youth who are interested in joining C4K uh, should qualify or do qualify rather for free or reduced lunch at school. And they have to be interested in in working with mentors. You know, they want to commit to learning from a mentor, working together for at least an hour a week for about nine months to a year. 
the minimum ask for young people who join the program. Um, and they also have to have some interest in STEAM, which is exciting because it's, you know, STEM incorporating arts. Um, but what that means is a pretty big umbrella for us to work under. So it's a it's a really cool space that helps youth find their voice and find find their passion, their interest, their spark. And we do that through connecting with mentors who are volunteers from all over the community. They come from all sorts of uh, different backgrounds, you know, not only, you know, pers- personally, uh, ethnically, gender, that, that, you know, those kinds of things, but also professionally, there's a variety of professional backgrounds of mentors that, that find their way to our space. And mentors who come to C4K are a special kind of people that like to work with teens and preteens <laughs> and, and, and have a, a curiosity and they're lifelong learners and they want to, they want to try new things. So they're, they're not folks who are experts necessarily. They may have an expertise in a certain field, but I think the most important quality of a mentor is that they are interested in trying new things and that they're, they're curious and they like to keep learning. So yeah, young people come and, and when they come to C4K, you know, of course, and I'll say in a, a pre-COVID and one day post-COVID world, you know, they would be able to come to our space and the goal would be for them to walk in. And instead of saying, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do today. It's what do you want to do today? And, and then we try to help connect them with the resources and the support that they need to find, the, find those dreams. So, and, you know, we always, there's a balance, of course, between like a young person coming in the door and, and knowing what they want to do and also knowing they don't know what they don't know. And so the, through our mentors, also exposing them to new technology, new ideas, new career paths, new, new um, education paths. And so uh, we really depend a lot on our mentors to help make that happen. Speaking of mentors, like hopefully this is a platform where you might be able to recruit some. You talked a little bit about what you're looking for. Like you don't have to be an expert in something. You do have opportunities for them to learn new skills themselves through all the things that you offer, all the technology and the the makerspace and things like that. What else are you looking for? Like what's a time commitment? How do they get on board, onboarded, things like that? So the ask for a volunteer is usually about an hour a week for nine months to a year. And there are a couple of different ways that volunteers can engage at C4K. One is through becoming a one-to-one mentor, which is exactly like it sounds. You get partnered up with a, a member. I say all the time that I have one of, I have the best job, I think, at C4K because part of my job includes matchmaking, which is really, really fun. So helping a young person find the right mentor for them. So, you know, looking at like, what are your skills? What are your interests, personality? You know, who do I think might work well together? And, you know, where might they align in terms of uh, supporting a member's project ideas? And so they could be a one-to-one mentor an hour a week, roughly, sometimes more, but hopefully not less, but uh, for for about a nine month to a year commitment. And then in our clubhouse space, which is a group mentoring space where mentors come in and they're not matched with any specific member in the space, but they're there to support whatever projects may be going on. They might be leading workshops. They might be, you know, hanging out with a, um, a group of members who are all working on the same thing. For example, you know, when Tech Girls comes to hang out, you know, there may be, uh, you know, a group of girls together who are all looking at, a, a, you know, some new technology or working on a project together. So it's a, it's a very open-ended space. It's specifically designed so that uh, young people can explore and try new things and with their, there not being any sort of, you know, specific outcome outside of building skills and critical thinking and problem solving and being curious and, and finding their spark. But at the end of the day, there's no grade to be given. There's no test to take. It's, it's really, you know, geared towards their, their interests. 
uh, and mentors support that. So, you know, a qualification, you know, for a mentor, of course, is that they have a willingness to, again, I think I've said this, like, try something new. I will say in our clubhouse space, there's a couple key qualities, I think, that make for a really great clubhouse mentor. Either you, you may come in and you have some specific skill, like you're really great at 3D printing. You're really great at Photoshop. Those are helpful skills when you're working with, with the members in our space, because you've got an instant connection with uh, a mm -hmm. member to kind of help that, you know, connection along. Because in addition to the skill building that happens, you know, learning to code, definitely something, you know, if a member's interested in that, we want them to have the support they need to, to, to build those skills. But the relationships that are built really matter. And so I think an important thing for mentors to, to bear in mind is that this is a reciprocal kind of thing. It's less of a teaching space and more of a shoulder to shoulder space. And the social networks that get expanded at C4K are, I think, really special. It is definitely a space in our community where lots of uh, circles can intersect that wouldn't normally outside of those doors. And that's, I think, a really exciting part of what we do. And then also, you know, for the members that come to C4K, it expands their social network. So now they know someone who has navigated a path they're interested in down the road. And so that could lead to internships. It could lead to jobs. It leads to great reference letters. It, you know, it, it uh, really expands their opportunities. And so mentors kind of coming in with that sort of mindset that this is a space where we all come together and less of a space where I'm going to come in. Sure, there's teaching involved. You know, you're going to mm -hmm. introduce a skill. You might, you might show them something that you know. But it, you know, when you're looking at it more from this, like we're all going to collaborate, it, it really kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. The other thing that's a helpful skill for the clubhouse, especially is the kid wranglers of the world, you know, <laughs> like the Sarahs and the Kims who are just like so fun and so, you know, engaging and that they, you immediately make the, the members feel like comfortable and they trust you and you know, so that kind of can open up some, some doors in terms of like conversation and collaboration. So, you know, people who are just comfortable asking a, you know, middle or high school student, like what you're working on. <laughs> and that's so present in this space. Like everything that you mentioned, I'm picturing C4K, Kim and I have been lucky enough to do some events at C4K and I've worked with you at C4K in the past. And I'm picturing this space in my head, obviously have not been there since our event in February, 2020, but it is so warm and welcoming. And it's like, organized chaos in the best way. It's like somebody's wish list of things they've always wanted to do and build exploded in a really organized way. Cause I'm picturing your pegboard wall, which like a place for everything and everything in its place, which just makes my librarian heart so happy. But it's so clear when you walk in that no matter who you want to be and what you want to do and where your dreams lie, there's a space for you there from the recording studio to the film studio, to the computers and the robots and the puffy paint and the snacks and it's just got everything and it's a place, it's the room of requirement for all my Harry Potter nerds. Like whatever <laughs> you need, you can walk in and it's there for you. And if you want to switch from one thing to the next, it's not a big deal because we have that too. And you can, you can go into that. And I think for a lot of kids, having a space like that can be a game changer. It can really impact everything. Thank you for describing it. I think in such a beautiful <laughs> way. I hope that anyone hearing this is picturing in their minds, you know, what, what you've described. Cause as you're saying it, like, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm seeing it. <laughs> I'm missing it. <laughs> but yeah, the room of requirement, the idea that there's, there's something for everyone. And I think that's, that's really another beautiful thing about our programming is that for, you know, our, our mentors, the volunteers, 
you know, they're, they're as much a part of the program as our members, you know, th that's all working together, you know, all holding, holding the whole big thing together, you know, because we want everyone that comes in to have their own unique experience. And so as a volunteer coordinator, that's a lot of my role is trying to help a volunteer feel really comfortable and confident in their space and, and making sure that we find the right fit for them whether it's in the clubhouse, whether it's in a one-to-one -one match that we, we try to find the, the, the space where they feel most confident and feel like they're really getting something out of it as well. And so, and it can be such a unique experience for every young person. I think when you start with that premise of what do you want to do today, you know, it, it really, it makes for a very unique experience for, for everyone in the space. And that makes me happy. I, I was a, I think I mentioned earlier, I was a classroom teacher before getting into the nonprofit world. I taught uh, primarily second and third grade. Very and, different vibe. Uh, yeah, very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's at the end of the day in my classroom, C4K to me is what I imagined education could be, you know, mm. that very driven by the learner very, but, and, and I, I want to be very clear that like school, you know, your traditional school is, you know, I think it has its, its space. Like it's important. There are definitely skills everyone should have, mm -hmm. you know, to, so I, I think we work very well in a, in a very holistic way with, with the school and now this out of school space where, especially for young people who the traditional school setting just isn't their space, they can come to, to C4K and, and be completely comfortable because, you know, at the, again, at the end of the day, there's not a test at the end of the day, there's mm -hmm. not grades to be given. And we measure success based on, you know, how do you feel about this thing that you created? And there's just a lot of wiggle room for, you know, projects and how, how projects form, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of collaboration back and forth between the member and the mentor and the C4K staff. And as staff members, I think it helps a lot that I do have an education background. And primarily, I think all of our program staff come in with some background in education, whether it's in the classroom or out of the classroom, but we've all been in education in some space. And I think when we kind of have that educator's, you know, mindset and hat on, then we can really sort of push and challenge the, the projects, uh, the members projects in a way that like, you know, they pitch their projects to me. And if I don't think it's going to challenge them enough, then I get to say that. And I'll say, nope, mm -hmm. let's go, let's go back to the drawing board and try to add something to it or incorporate a new skill. You've, you've really done a lot of this and I feel like you've mastered it. Let's try something new. And so we're, there's a lot of, I think, collaboration that can happen in that space. And it, and it makes me happy to be part of it. <laughs> Speaking of projects, yeah. <laughs> what's the coolest thing that you've seen a member or a mentor or a member mentor team make? Gosh, I, I don't know how you yeah, choose one. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. It's truly, it is hard to, I think, actually uh, land on any, any particular project because there have been so many fun ones. I don't know if, if you guys can share out a link at some point, but uh, we did normally, uh, we have in-person project showcase every year. This, you know, past year we didn't get to do it. So we yeah. created a virtual one. And so you can, you know, virtually walk into C4K and talk, not talk necessarily, but you can hear from the members and the mentors directly in that space and see the different projects there. It's hard to land on any one thing, especially because all of the projects are so different. But one that does come to mind, I think I would have to say uh, my, my dear friend Basir, who is a senior this year in high school, he started coming to C4K. I think he would have been in his maybe freshman year of high school. And by about sophomore year, he got really into rockets. 
And I don't know if oh. either of you came around <laughs> when Basir was building rockets. It's such a great example of someone's interest and how, you know, he just kind of thought they were cool, was a little bit inspired by like space and then started building and being a maker space and also wanting to help to convey to the members that like, because resources can be hard to come by, especially for young people who are at or below the poverty line. And uh, we know that there's a gap in resources and we want to make sure that they know that you don't have to go buy a kit to make mm -hmm. a thing, you know, that we can look at the resources that we have around us and then iterate on them. And so Basir started making rockets out of little plastic bottles and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I remember watching him every time he would launch another rocket and they were uh, water propelled. So he used an old bike pump and rigged it up so that he could force air into the bottle. And then he would pull a key sort of thing and that would launch it off. But the way that he kept adapting it and iterating on it, like one time he was way too close and the rocket went off and nearly got his face. And so then he was like, I need to be farther away from this when it launches. <laughs> and so then that he Important adapted. iteration, yeah. I think. <laughs> exactly. So then he, he created this like pull string situation where he had to be farther back from it. And then he needed a timer. And then he, they were going up so high because they were getting bigger and bigger. And they started going up so high that they were crashing when they were coming back down and shattering basically. So he wanted to uh, figure out how he could install a parachute. And so his parachute was, a, you know, a garbage bag and some string. And it was still a plastic bottle with duct tape and an old bike pump and, you know, tubes and, and all of this. And then he figured out like, oh, I need a timer to launch the parachute. And so I think he found one of those little old egg timers, you know, you can get like at the oh dollar gosh. store. And he took the little timer out of it and he rigged that up on it so that about the time it was coming back down, the egg timer would pop open a little trap door and the little parachute would come out and then we watched it fall. Wow. And I, I'll elaborate on this a little bit further to, to incorporate some mentor support in all of this. This is very driven by Vasir, who is just like this passionate tinker, but is also planning for a career at NASA, which he's definitely well on his way for that. So many mentors worked with him on this project and it would be whoever was in that day. And if he was there and they were there, they would just kind of like, you know, kind of riff back and forth on things he could do with it and, you know, ways that he could improve it. And so it was a lot of collaboration driven by Vasir. But I remember vividly, we had a, um, Hans was one of our mentors and it went up, the rocket went up and then it came back down and it missed the landing and it hung up in a tree. And I will never forget watching Hans climb that tree <laughs> to retrieve the Sears rocket. And he was so scratched up when he came back oh. down, but like his, his total, like, passion and dedication having watched Basir work so hard on this project that he was like I have to go get it for him so like hours after his like volunteer time was way over he was still in the tree trying to get the rock oh my kit. gosh so like yeah it just kind of becomes this you know it became this thing where everyone was just so dedicated and getting to go gather everyone around outside the whole like celebratory nature of it mm -hmm. too because that was the thing in my classroom that was a drawback, you know, to having a pacing guide in your classroom yeah. where you got to keep up. I couldn't just like pause a lesson because someone asked a great question that we all wanted to go explore. And so, you know, in this space, everyone got to drop what they were doing to go watch this year launch another rocket. And then we all got yeah. to like cheer <laughs> when it came down safely or even when it crashed, it didn't matter. We got to cheer it on too. So Kim and uh, I have talked what... about that before, the frustration of working within a pacing guide or curriculum that maybe 
you didn't make and don't necessarily, your heart isn't necessarily in it and having to say, that's such a great question. And I know we can't do it because there's a test next week and I don't get to, I don't get to steer the ship and I'm so yeah. sorry. And so having, having a space, like you said, that complements school mm-hmm. that says you get good grades here and we d- deep dive here. That's pretty that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and the the showcase that the student showcase that y'all put on is so fantastic. I've been to a couple of the ones in person and we'll definitely link mm-hmm. the one that you did online, which I think is great. But it is a great way to get introduced to C4K, I think. So if you've ever been curious and something like that comes on your radar, you know, definitely, definitely go to it. The other thing you mentioned about mentors maybe being comfortable with kids this age, I would even say. Not necessarily. <laughs> like when I started mentoring uh, the 20, you know, it must've been about 20 years ago. And that was before I had started education. So I did not have that experience, but you provide a very supportive environment. Yeah. So as a mentor, I always felt like I had, I wasn't like on my own. Like I always had somebody to go to, to help. So I think it's just more a curiosity. And of course, yeah, the, the folks that work in the makerspace, you know, yeah. Well, everybody's run. so happy to see you. Like you walk in and the kids are like, oh, a person's here and they brought a thing and they're going to do a thing near us. And can we work? Like, I don't know that I've ever walked in and, and I, I am a giant teenager, so I, it might just be me, but I've never walked in and been like, oh, how am I going to entertain these kids? What am I going to do? Cause they're just, they're pumped that you're there. There's a Wait, really good vibe. You two are also celebrities. So that <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. You are genuine celebrities, at least uh, certainly to us, you know, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. And the number of times that I have seen, uh, especially mentors who have never worked with, uh, and when I have initial conversations with new mentors, I'll, you know, it's okay. If you've never had experience working with young people before, as long as you're willing, you know, as long as you're, you're interested, if you have a genuine interest in, and partnering up with some really bright young people, then come, come on, you know, because we do like that. That's my job, you know, and, and my colleague, you know, in, in the clubhouse, that's, that's our job is to help mentors feel supported and, and to have all the tools that they need to, to support the members. And yeah, I, I love, love, love when, and it's certainly something I miss so much about being in real life together is the, the, when the members light up, when a mentor walks in the door, mm-hmm. especially like in the clubhouse, you know, like I love watching the one-to-one members when the kids are waiting for their mentor to arrive and they're like watching the door waiting for them that's adorable and it's so sweet and it warms my heart but when like a clubhouse mentor walks in and when the kids will be like where have you been <laughs> I've been waiting for you I need your help come on <laughs> you, know, you, you said you're bringing robots today where are oh. they <laughs> and when the pizza walks in <laughs> yeah, like, that's there's also helpful. a lot of love for when the pizza arrives the circling yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the other thing I really love about the space and your your philosophy around it is that sort of is that member driven, student driven thing, which Sarah and I are also all about. And it, but it can get messy, right? And it can get there can be failure, things like that. What are some situations where you've had to kind of help either a member or a mentor work through that? Yeah, that's a really great question. Yes, and. Definitely. It is literally messy and, (laughs) you know, relationships get messy and, and, and especially, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's another really important point around like positive failure behavior, you know, like 
really helping young people understand. And I've seen it, and I, I, this could be a tangent, I won't go down necessarily, but you know, social media and the masks that are on images on Instagram, you know, that mm-hmm. give this impression that perfection is, ne- is, is yeah. it. And, and I've heard members say that they will delete images from their social media if they don't get enough likes on them. Yes. If they don't mm-hmm. get it. And so it mm-hmm. is, it is a really, it is a, a genuine issue for young people, especially to, uh, to be striving for this perfection that doesn't exist. And so some, we see this happen a lot and, in a hesitation to really even attempt a project because if they think they can't do it perfectly, they won't try it. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where a lot of the relationship building really comes in, you know, then if their, their partner, their mentor says, let's do it together, you know, then they're willing to give it a try. And if they fail at it, then there's a support person there mm-hmm. to say that they trust to say, that's okay. Look at what we've learned. You know, mm-hmm. like this is even better. You know, this didn't turn out the way we wanted it, but look what we look, what else happened, you know? So there, there's been a, you know, gosh, countless situations where that's been the case where, you know, mentors have been there to say like, you know, it's okay. <laughs> like, let's, let's give it a go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think there's at least a few, especially girls that have come to C4K. Women in tech exist, I know, because, you know, we want to promote women in technology and women in STEM. And we see that playing out in middle and high school as well. I, the tide is turning on it and I'm seeing it. You know, I'm seeing more, more girls, especially willing to say, like, take their seat at the table and not, you know, let their voices be quieted, but I, I would, especially early on, see a lot of hesitation to come in and participate in something like tech girls, you know, because they were just like, I'm not good at technology or Mm -hmm. I'm not, but when they knew that Miss Kim was coming (laughs) and they had, and and Miss Sarah's coming, like there was this, you know, that really helped them kind of, and I know you, you both in your time there, you've seen it, right? Like girls come to the table, hoodies on over their heads, not really (laughs) wanting to try something. And then before you know it, they're going to sew that really cool light up bracelet now. And they're, they're going to, that was such a fun one. Yeah. (laughs) But they're, they're going to be at the table and, and then eventually their confidence will be built after they've taken some time to get to know you. And they know that you're there because you care about them. And so I guess to, to kind of get back to the, the question around like, you know, things that didn't work out the way we, we thought they might, you know, I'm sure there's probably countless examples of, of projects and things that didn't go the way that we thought. But I think more than anything, the relying back on those relationships, you know, and, and the trust that we can build with each other to help model that, you know, how we fail and that's okay. And that's, a, that's a good thing, you know, seeing kids learn how to fail forward yeah. Yeah. and to fail. There's a, we've talked to Cami about the right and the wrong way to fail, mm-hmm. um, and teaching and that is one of those things that you can teach it until you're blue in the face. And unless you model it, unless kids see someone that they respect and that they know is successful and that they really have invested in failing and saying, huh, well, I wasn't great. What are we going to do next? The modeling is 10 times as effective, you know, doing it with them being in there. So our podcast is all about the intersection of technology and literacy. How do you see tech and literacy happening in your space at C4K? So uh, this is a great question. And I I can talk about uh, an example that has come up very, very recently. 
We had the opportunity yesterday to meet with some, some women engineers over at Willow Tree Apps and uh, had some conversations with them about, you know, just it was sort of a, um, you know, talk around, you know, their, their journey, how they, they got to where they are, how they ended up in, their, in the space that they're in. And so it, it was applicable not only to members in our C4K who are interested in technology or engineering, computer science. But to, to anyone who's on a journey, it was a great conversation. But at the very end of it, uh, data privacy and you know personal data came up just as sort of a kind of a side note. And through that piece of our conversation, it became really evident that like we should have conversations around like protecting your personal data. And so we'd ask like, well, if you were to give us like one, you know, just piece of advice around settings and my Instagram that should definitely be checked off or not checked off, you know, what would you say? And She's like, oh no, one of the engineers on the call said, well, that's a whole big thing. Let me, let's talk about it. And so our hopeful next steps are uh, as part of a, uh, you know, sort of like technology literacy workshop series to also incorporate like privacy and data and how you protect yourself and oh, what yeah. settings should you have on your personal social media that, you know, is going to, to keep you safe as much as possible in this world. But I, I think, you know, things that we, we, haven't gotten into much, but we're seeing more and more are necessary are, you know, even like how to, how to find primary sources or, mm -hmm. you know, and how, how to use technology to our advantage to, you know, to find, you know, to find tools, to find resources. So, I, I mean, it, it certainly plays out in lots of different ways in our space, but that, you know, that's very front of mind for, for us right now. You know, we think about technology and literacy and how to, how to take control of it for yourself, especially when it means to keep yourself safe, you know? Yeah, that's a perfect, we talk so much about the fact that the definition of literacy is changing. In fact, I believe a conversation about the changing definition of literacy is maybe what sparked the idea for this podcast. <laughs> um, we were at the CS Institute talking about how literacy just doesn't mean the same thing that it used to. And those examples that you gave are such perfect examples of that. Literacy has to be extended to privacy and data and understanding your settings and it, these are really, really critical skills that obviously you need to read and write in order to participate in them, but just learning to read and write is not the whole battle. It's not the whole right. hill to And I, th I think the word you said was a controlling because mm -hmm. it's either going to be the technology controlling you right. <laughs> because it, or you are going to try to exert some control on it. And I think that Ooh. is so yeah. important, <laughs> well, in, we especially- you know, with AI, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. learning about all the ways that AI bias and things are already baked into mm -hmm. that. And that, that propagates so quickly. Yeah. 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 And it matters who's at the table controlling the AI, you know, like, and so I think it, it, especially for thinking about representation, you know, uh, the membership at C4K is extremely diverse. And I think it's important for all of them to be on the controlling end of, you know, the, that technology, but they have to understand it first. They have to know what it is and what's out there. And, you know, so coupled with that are things like, you know, we had uh, a couple of volunteers, you all, I think crossed paths with them. They, they volunteered with us, Josie and Angie, where a couple of grad yeah. students would come in mm -hmm. and they they did a, um, a whole series on hacking. And as soon as you say hacking, everyone's like, I'm in, I'll come, I want to hack. And I was like, no, let's talk about <laughs> what hacking really is. And it was just them figuring out ways to protect themselves and to keep their, their, themselves, you know, their, their data private to keep their, um, you know, integrity around their own, you know, personal information. And so it's, you know, kind of even like 
helping them have a fuller and deeper understanding of what, you know, machine learning is and artificial intelligence and all of these things that are happening all around us and feeling seemingly completely outside of our control, you know, Mm -hmm. helping them kind of be exposed to those things and then know how to take at least a little bit of control back. That's it's like that there's so many different, you know, tangents to go off on just that one, that one piece there, but yeah, for sure. I'm taking a course on AI and machine learning right now. And it's like general, how you use it in the classroom. It is a little (laughs) over my head and fascinating and terrifying and all of the descriptive words all at once. (laughs) There's so much technology out there that I think is both uh, like fascinating and exciting and terrifying at the same time, you know, like, I think that's the way you're supposed to look at it. I think that healthy respect and fear. And so you want to understand it. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, right. but not if you're, fear. So you're not going to try it. Yes. That's, yeah. but that's the look, one way you want to yeah. get over. If you're looking at it and you're like, I am so confident. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe you should <laughs> you know, calm down a little bit and, and look a little closer. <laughs> so I think that I would like to close. We were going to ask, a, how's COVID changed your job, but I, I want to instead focus on what are you looking forward to? What is always the optimist, Kim? What is, what is a a little bit of hope out there that um, you're looking forward to, especially related to C4K? Yeah. Well, I just, on that, that word hope, I can say, I mean, I know it's been a rough year for the world. It's especially been a hard year for the youth at, you know, not just Mm -hmm. our, our kids at C4K, but you know, uh, youth all around the world, it's, it's been a really hard year. And there were definitely times throughout the, this year that felt like I could just be completely down and depressed. And as soon as I would get on a call with our kids, I would feel so hopeful again. <laughs> um, so I am, I'm really, really, really looking forward to more than I can even say, uh, just seeing our members and mentors back in the space together again, you know, collaborating, talking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all of, you know, like us really applying lessons learned through this time and how much we value the connections that that we have and so like when we all come back together not taking for granted the sacred space that we have to be in a place together and this hits a little bit I think on on the you know if we're thinking about how have things changed and but it connects to what what I'm hopeful for and what I'm looking forward to is you know we learned that we could adapt a lot of our learning and a lot of our programming online virtually it was easy enough with technology to be able with distributing like you know um, some laptops and kits and materials and stuff like that they could do it in their space but what was really lacking was that personal connection that energy that feedback loop that happens in a space when you're creating something and someone's celebrating you for it you know like that is something I cannot wait to to feel again you know to hear kids cheer for each other, <laughs> you know, and, and for them to, to really, I don't know, be celebrated. That's yeah. the, yeah, that's the missing piece in all of this. So I'll look uh, forward to it again. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> a really we'll good answer. I'll look forward to the celebration. And we, yeah, I, yes. I can't wait to bring some tech girl stuff back. Oh, this was such a party. Yes. Thank thanks. you so much, Trisha. This was fabulous. It is such a pleasure to see, talk to you both. I love your work. I am certainly when I, I think maybe your biggest fan. <laughs> but like, thank you for what you do. Thank you for putting this out there. Thank you for you know letting others feel your passion and your your excitement around technology and 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 promoting it, especially for women. And you you both are. I when I say you're celebrities, I genuinely mean it. But I just like you're you're such 
treasured pieces of this community and I'm, I'm grateful for what you do and thanks for letting us be part of it. Oh, thank Aww. you. I That's know. Nice. <laughs> thank you for being here. We have just collected bask in the glow. <laughs> yeah, no, do it. You deserve it. <laughs> We've collected the links of all of the cool things that Trisha has mentioned, and we're going to put them on our resource page. So if you're listening to this episode and you want to check out that virtual showcase, if you want to go to C4K's website and learn more about what they do and how you can become a mentor or a volunteer or become involved, you can find that link and uh, make your way to Trisha because she is going to be welcoming you with open arms in case you can't tell. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trisha. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.